Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. I learned something recently that shocked me. Did you know over 19 million women in America lack reasonable access to something as fundamental as birth control? Or that a third of women have used their birth control inconsistently to save money? You guys, that's nuts. Fortunately, we have an exciting new sponsor that's doing something totally revolutionary with birth control access in the U.S. They're called Simple Health, and they're here to make your health care, you guessed it, simple. Starting with online birth control prescriptions and free home delivery. Best of all, Simple Health is affordable. It's free with most insurance plans, so you can pay absolutely nothing to use this service every month. For those without insurance, which, let's be honest, is a lot of us, it's still super affordable. Pills start at just $15 a month, and monthly shipping is free for everyone. The annual prescription is usually $20, but I got you because you can try Simple Health for free. Just go to simplehealth.com private or enter the code private at checkout. Again, if you're in the market for birth control, do not miss your chance to try Simple Health for free. Go to simplehealth.com private. If you're a lady, this is going to save you so much time and money and headache. And if you're not a lady, tell somebody about Simple Health. Everybody wins. Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown, a podcast that explores love and sexuality around the world. I'm Courtney Kosak. And I'm Sophie Alexandra. And Privates, we are bringing you Sex Talk with my mom. Holy crap. This is the perfect episode for the holidays. I mean, seriously, Christmas bells, Hanukkah candles, Sex whatever. Talk with my mom. We love these two. Cameron Potter runs the Pleasure Podcast Network, which we are a part of. And Karen Lee is his hilarious and incredible mom, who hot is also cougar. an author. You're going to hear me go off in the episode about how hot Karen is, but you she basically want to both bang Karen, maybe. And it's Karen Lee Potter, and she has a YouTube channel and an Instagram. And let me let me just She's highly star, recommend dude. that follow. And may I also highly recommend a follow Cameron. for Cameron because he's so funny on Instagram. You guys, he's a mime. He's legit a mime. He'll go to the grocery store and be a mime. He'll be a mime at home. <laughs> this motherfucker <laughs> does sketches all the time and frequently his mom is in them. They are so funny. We and were good. just commenting when we were working earlier about how funny they are. They're the best duo. Yeah, and uh, they bring you good tidings and good cheer. And um, honestly, they are an incredible source of positivity and light. Because here's the deal, you guys. They went through an incredibly traumatic experience. Karen lost her husband and Cam lost his dad in a really tragic incident. And we're going to talk more about that. But, you know, we thought 
dealing with those kind of feelings of mourning and grief are really hard, especially around the holidays. And it's really hard not to think about the people that you've lost. And it is a really big time for people to get sad. And as a bipolar person, like sometimes it can trigger an episode. So we just wanted to do kind of this is your medicine. You know, this is our and it medicine. tastes like sugar and it is amazing. They are so phenomenal. So Cam and Karen Lee. We are here with Cam and Karen Lee Potter. You got you it. You got it. You guys are the co-hosts of Sex Talk with My Mom, mm-hmm. a delightful father or mother son <laughs> duo. <laughs> And it kind of is a father-son it is, duo. It's a father-daughter duo. A father-daughter duo. Me being the father. Yeah, me being the daughter. It's a role reversal to the extreme. Right, right. <laughs> that would, you got it. We can end can the podcast. Can you tell that Courtney's been having wine? <laughs> well, can you, can a little, okay, so it's wine of 30 here. It's, it's wine, wine o'clock. Let's, wine, wine o'clock somewhere. Let's do this. Yeah, we're all drinking Which is right wine. No, here. we're not all drinking wine, Except mother. Except for the one who... The father the is father, not drinking wine. The father of the father, three. Father, do you Dad has to be drink- responsible. I am the responsible dad. Do you drink? Sometimes I do. He but tends to not like if it. Did we, not, like, are, did we not meet the threshold of fun? <laughs> I guess we did not. It is, this is, you definitely met the threshold of fun. But, the, you know, it's a little nerve wracking. If I get out of, if I drink, I really sure. lose control. One sip. One literally, sip, I'm done. So. All, he's done. I, I want to know what that looks like. I know, Sophia. I saw it in your I'm eyes. Like, You're like, oh, here, what is that? Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want you to get loose. Okay, yeah, okay, sure. okay, okay. Gonna All right. Share the that pure, wine. Peer pressure from my mother. And two <laughs> hot babes. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Here it goes. Oh, God. He's completely wasted. <laughs> so, listen. This time of year, we thought was especially apropos to talk to you guys because... One of the topics that we want to talk to you about is grief. And I think it's something that a lot of people are dealing with. And it's hard when, with the holidays, right? Is that your experience? I think my experience, because I just lost my father in, in August and my husband was years ago. I think it's harder when you least expect it than when you expect. You expect to be mm. sad at Thanksgiving or Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever. But it's when you something triggers a memory to me, that's when it's most upsetting. I, I mean, I also think the first year after someone dies, then all of those moments where you expect to see them, then it's it's triggering. But then after that, you're like, oh, we've done we've done the Hanukkah without him. You know, we could we could get through this one. <laughs> we don't need so, him to cut the turkey anymore. Right. So, so then it's like moments where you're like, oh, I didn't. So expect you guys don't miss him, huh? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Cold and callous after the first year. That's it. Well, this one was interesting because we just lost her father, my grandfather, mm-hmm. and we always had a tradition of cutting the turkey together. Oh. And it was like the most traditional thing that we've we've had in our family. I'd Cam say. and his papa. Right. But so our way of coping with that was mom decided to just order in this year. <laughs> there will be no turkey cutting. It might not be a turkey. <laughs> yeah. It's too emotional. Everything will be made... Not, not by us. You don't want to see a whole bird when you're feeling sad, you know? Exactly. How exactly. intentional was recreating the tradition for you? Were you like, I'm going to make a total departure because I don't want to feel that or whatever? There are, there's a lot of shit going on with that because we have my mother who's got Parkinson's. She didn't want to have it at her place. Mm-hmm. I live in California. Mm-hmm. Most of my family's in Chicago. So 
we decided whoever hosts it doesn't have to do all the work. I think Thanksgiving is a typically a very difficult endeavor. And then you get to cook it all, you got to plan it all, then you got to serve it all, then you got to clean it all up. And someone once said they hate doing it just for that reason, because always the women have to do it. I'm doing it at our house this year. <laughs> oh, enjoy. No, it is a great holiday to do. Because oh, it's very festive. It's festive. Like Thanksgiving? I loves- love a good burden. You know what I mean? Just love it. <laughs> love to martyr it up. Yeah, that's what it is. And I don't know why I say that about the men, but it typically in my generation, it was always the men would wait while the women who cooked and slaved over to damn turkey all day, which I make a damn good turkey. And the, then your dad would swoop in and, and he'd take swoop credit. In, he'd cut the turkey with, yeah. with his grandson and then after that, it was like, let's go serve it. Let's go clean it up. So, yeah, I think it's a little bit of resentment there. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this is starting out with a bang. Okay. What about um how it feels to specifically lose a partner? You know, uh, that must be a, a different thing than yeah. losing we're a father. We're way down into the Sorry. Deep yeah, depth. we're going to go. Is All right, okay? we're going to go deep dive in can here. We okay. Can we deep dive? We can, oh, we can oh, deep dive. Oh, we'll deep dive. We talk about everything. Um, losing a partner is horrific, especially when it's sudden, like in my case, because, you know, he wasn't sick. He was murdered, actually. And so it was unexpected. And it just, it, it shakes your entire foundation of what you, especially like, if you've never experienced anything that traumatic, it's it's just a, it's actually a tragedy, but it's also a way of reframing the way you look at life mm-hmm. and opportunities. And I wouldn't be the person I am now if that had not happened. So it was horrific. At the same time, it, it was a very important part of my growth. Do you want us to go into the story of like what yeah, the hell happened? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So we year, just dropped a bomb. Then. You year, go do no, it. No, let's, let's let's let's. Let's yeah, unpack, unpack that, the bomb. Yeah. yeah, let's yeah. unpack the bomb. Okay, let's unpack it. So what year was it? 2006? Yes. Okay. May 2006? Maybe. I was in high school. I was 17 years old. And uh, and Cam has an older sister and a younger brother. Yeah. And then... Uh, and two dogs and the white picket fence. It was a very traditional suburban family. You, and you guys were in Chicago, Chicago at the time? Yeah. of Chicago, yeah. And I think the skinny is basically my dad had an employee at his company that was just a nut, and he gave him a pay cut. No one knew he was a nut. He had only been employed for three months. Oh. And it was a construction company, so the guy wasn't performing up to par. So instead of just saying, you're fired, he was like, okay, I'm just going to give him a little demotion and pay, and he can still keep his job. And then when he works his way up, he can, you know, get his, you know, salary again and uh, unfortunately, the guy was a, a loon, a closeted, psycho, crazy yeah. killer. And he went in the next day and took out a cake knife out of the cafeteria and what? went in front of the entire office, which was like everybody was there. It was like eight o'clock in the morning. He just started stabbing my husband to death. Oh, my God. And it it, it was obviously like the most horrific thing that anyone has ever experienced. And yeah, that was pretty, 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 pretty bad. I'm so sorry to I hear that. I am so sorry. We did not know the whole story. Oh. Well, you wanted to what? talk about grief? We'll give you a grief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. We did not know. So you're 13 years Seventeen out years old. I was uh, yeah. It's thirteen years out. Thirteen yeah. years out from yeah. the incident. You did the math. Yeah. Yeah. 
So tell us about the journey to getting back to good, where you could be like, okay, this is who I am again. Oh, boy. So he owned a construction company. Of course, I was doing all kinds of other creative pursuits and had no idea what he was doing with his company, but somehow it landed in my lap. So I had to like be the president of a company mm-hmm. with construction. I had no idea what I was doing. I'm just signing checks. I'm just trying to meet with these people that he had business with. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. It was also the time when the real estate market was crashing when he was in real estate. So it was just like a perfect storm of shit. And a perfect shitstorm. It was a perfect shitstorm. <laughs> Dealing with the three kids. I mean, we always tell that story about how when it happened, I just immediately went to mama bear mode and I like, took all three kids into my room and I'm like, okay, listen, we are a family. This is not going to stop us from being the unbelievable family that we've always been and we're going to continue to carry on. It's just, it, you go into like a remote control. It's just, it, you're just like a... Yeah, you knew what to do immediately. I, d- I don't know how I knew. Just survival but I just, mode. Yeah. yeah. You knew what to do. Because, you know, my kids were my life. I was a stay-at-home mom. Pretty much I was doing some creative stuff, but I wasn't really you know, the breadwinner. And uh, so I just knew this is this is going to be really bad if I can't get a hold of this thing right now. It was pretty interesting that you knew immediately, like, there were two options here. One is this could just wreck us. You know, we yeah. can just go into deep depression and, I don't know, resort to drugs, whatever. It, or just fucking bulldoze through this and, you know, take this in stride. Right. And I had really worked at getting these kids to be like, they're phenomenal kids. I mean, Cam had a lot of accolades going on there. He was the prom okay. king. Thank you, mother. You know, he was the most like boy most likely to succeed. That oh kind my of... God, Cam! Oh yeah, the best golden hair. boy, most best hair. Hair. Yeah. Oh, his, yeah. His sister. Too much alcohol in me already. Yeah. I, you can't do this. His sister was like the one who gave the graduation, like you know, funny speech. Younger brother was always doing everything great too. So it was like I didn't want like my kids to become. That's the family that the husband was murdered. Mm-hmm. Even though you know they were doing That's that. That's definitely what happened. You know, you get that pity 100%. look. You get that look, like the little look. Oh. And then I love when people come up were to me. Were people weird to you? Yeah, they come up to me. Do you want to know where I was when I found out about your husband being murdered? <laughs> Holy yeah, oh, I've been no. dying to hear that story. Please tell me because I was just for one five minutes of the day not remembering so what crazy. happened. So crazy. I didn't know that my husband's death was about you the whole time. <laughs> oh, I just didn't get that part of it. But anyway, please expound. And you don't, you don't want, you're at the grocery store for crying out loud, just trying to get your mind off of something. The trial went out for like three years because the guy who somehow was so upset about losing the 10 grand that he was, you know, the trial was like he got $100,000 worth of psychiatrists that would say that he was like, what was it called? Involuntary intoxication, where he was taking Wellbutrin and Ambien and like, who doesn't? And it somehow made him completely berserk. And that's why he didn't remember coming in when stabbing my husband to death. And it, it actually it said, and it actually said during the trial, if Gary, that's his name, was alive today, we'd be playing golf together. Wow. Oh my God. What was the outcome of the trial? Luckily, 45 years in jail, which is equivalent to life because the guy was like 35 years old. But it was like a horrible thing to have to go through after losing, you know, your best friend. I was married when I was like 23, but I was with him since I was like 20. So it was just, just the all around hor- horrific thing. But I think we all came out okay. 
Yeah, I gotta say, I mean, you guys host a podcast about sex together. Sure. Like, you guys are clearly super close. You just had a disastrous audition for uh, <laughs> the Amazing Race. Oh yeah, it was so you much guys fun. Have to look up on YouTube. Have, uh, it's worth worst it. audition ever. Super funny. But do you feel like what comes out of you is that your choice to be happy was so overwhelming and your lust for life mm -hmm. and for having such a good life and giving such a good life for your kids. It seems like that's what powered you through. Would you say that that's right? That and the fact that this one guy came up to me one day and he's like, you know, do you realize that you, one chapter of your life is closed, but do you realize another one is opening? And I'm like, hmm. And I thought to myself, I am single. <laughs> I can have sex and it's legal. <laughs> I mean, I was literally like in a very straight monogamous relationship for the 24 years. And, and and it's like, whoa, I hadn't kissed anybody in 24 years. I can have like, I, I'm like, a, I, I was like a new, new, I was like an adolescent. I, <laughs> I love this because I wanted to ask you about this because Karen is uh a self-defined She's cougar. a cougar. cougar. She's a certified cougar. I'm certified. She and coined the term. I'm certified. You no, are. No, I changed the name to a confident, older, unique, genuine, assertive, and racy woman. <laughs> yes, that's like sexy, unique restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You belong on Vanderpump Rules. I um, should be. I absolutely should be. But anyway, I did. I wrote a book called The Cougar's Guide to Getting Your Ass Back Out There. I started a YouTube channel because I tried to find women that, you know, I could help. Or at first, I tried to find a channel that catered to like women in their 40s going out there again. And there, of course, was nothing. All like wing men or wing women, you know, in their 20s telling me, you know, what to do, which I couldn't relate to. So I'm like, I'm starting something for women, empowering older women to go out and date. It turned into nobody was watching that. There were people watching that. <laughs> no, nobody wanted to see about reinventing yourself after divorce. What they did want to see was a cougar's guide to porn stars or oral sex or penis size. They were horny dudes. They were horny dudes. And I'm like, I leaned into it. I'm going to, if you can't beat them, join them. And I started this whole YouTube channel and it was catering to like 18 to 35 year old men. Then Cam decides to use my material in a stand-up comedy. Oh, Cam. Cam. Yeah. No, it was a gold mine. <laughs> it, it was, no regrets it was, it was like wild. i'm not even sorry why would i be this is good good solid material what else Just am i gonna do my the best my friends are like sending me her videos i i came across her videos were your friends like she's a milf oh, yes yeah. of course of oh course. yeah <laughs> which is not something i wanted to hear at all and the videos were shot in my childhood bedroom. Well, it was a, it was a you know you were at college. It was an Karen empty room. Goes hard. She's like, you weren't using that room. And it had I'm a nice use it for my sex. Had talk. a nice yeah. Exactly. I'm watching this video and I'm. <laughs> it, the first time I visited home, I noticed there's like a nice chaise lounge in my room, which never existed in my room prior. And I was like, oh, that's a nice little. She's making it nice and homey oh, for me. Oh, you thought it was for you. I sweet, thought it was for Cam. me. And then I started realizing, oh no, there's a tripod here. <laughs> I see fuck? an O-ring. Yes. What? Why? What is happening here? And it became her YouTube sex studio. It wasn't a sex studio. What the fuck does that mean? Sex studio. You were talking a lot about sex. I was there. talking about sex, but it wasn't a sex studio. I wasn't having sex in there. Okay. Although may, maybe I did. <laughs> Who knows? I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? Uh, no, just, no, I didn't. Look at his alarm, little face. Respect for you. I did not Thank have you. sex in your room on the chase. I don't Thank believe you. her. Yeah, I don't either. It doesn't sound right. 
<laughs> anyway, yeah. So I I figured why not use this, and I was I would actively read passages from her her cougar's guide to getting her ass back out there, and uh, it did well. And then you guys were like, well, so we got to do this together. Well, well, it sold a lot of books. I was selling books left <laughs> and right. He sold more books at his stand-up than I did normally, so it was perfect because <laughs> the guys are not reading The Cougar's Guide to Getting Your Ass Back Out There, but it was great stand-up material. Yeah, but I would do these these sets and people would come up to me afterwards and they'd be like, can is I get there, the book? Yeah, can I have the book and is this real? And I was like, why would I make this up? <laughs> You're like, this is a nightmare that I live daily. Why would I make that up? Exactly. And so then I came, eventually I was like, wait a minute. They don't believe this is real. I could show this is real by just doing this podcast with my mom. And so then we created Sex Talk with my mom. A friend had encouraged me to, so I shouldn't take all the credit. So this is like a really crazy, random way for you guys to end up bonding and becoming super close. It's oh, been yeah. awesome. After something so traumatic. Yeah. Totally. What yeah. a weird, amazing silver lining. It, yeah. yeah, that's why I talk about tragedy and opportunity. I think it also became very clear. I think it, growing up, it was always very clear to me that spending time with your parents, is it was just very important to me. Yeah, very interesting because a lot of times he, he and <laughs> his dad and I would be laying in bed on a Friday night, watching TV, and all of a sudden, Cam's pops in. I'm like, "What are you doing here?" And and Cam's like, like, "You were guys were having sex." And no, I was like, we weren't hey. having sex, but we were just like hanging out or whatever. And and I was like, "Come on in!" And and, and meanwhile, his dad was like, "Aren't you out with your friends? You're a you're a teenage yeah. boy." And he's like, "No, I want to hang with you guys." Yeah. Aww. And I always thought that was so cute. That is so cute. That is yeah. so cute. Thank you. But, What's you know, with the Mickey Mouse voice? Well, over I'm there? thinking to myself. Like, maybe you had, like, a premonition. That Take a compliment, Cam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, just the impression was the voice got very high-pitched. And, All and right. Nasally. It's baby Cam voice. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about a little, little baby Cam. I wasn't little baby. Baby. He was He was a teenage Cam, but he was still cute. All right. He was cute. I'll take it. Okay, so the book was called A Cougar's Guide to Getting Your Ass Back Out There, which is still out on Amazon if anybody would like to purchase Buy it one. Up. Buy the book. <laughs> and can you give us a couple tips for cougars trying to get back out there? Oh, funny that you mentioned that. Yes, I can. As a matter of fact, I have a new book coming out too. Ooh, girl, tell this us. This is for the, the boys. And it's called Fuck Games, Date Cougars. Ooh. Oh, yeah. So I then, like that. Like, anyway, I like the double play on fuck games. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. You oh, like that double good. entendre. It's very mm-hmm. hot. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Well, this over also, the years, I've accumulated so many different comments from from people all over the world. They're most of them perverted, but they end up going into my books <laughs> in some, some fashion. But uh, anyway, tips for women going out there. First thing first, make the best yourself you can be. So you want to like. Just like do everything mentally and physically you can to make yourself ready to go out and deal with the men that are out there. The main thing is like, if you have a lot of confidence, you're going to do very well. So a lot of women are like scared to do this, but I'm like, I was really like, I was a happy, confident person. I wasn't like beaten down like with a bad marriage or anything. So I was ready to do this. And uh, so I would say the most important thing to do is just make yourself the best you can be and be confident and just take some risks and go out there and have fun. What was it like the first time? Obviously, there was, you know, a grieving period. And then what was it like when you were finally like, okay, so I'm going to try to be with another man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was with this guy and we came back to my home. I had nobody in the house. And I was like, 
we're just going to make out because oh god i don't know i just kind of thought like men just want to make out jesus christ i don't know why <laughs> Cam turns white. yeah so I don't, I don't think i even know this story so i'm making out with this guy and i was like <laughs> and he's like getting into it i'm like wait a second we're not having sex is like, why not? And I'm like, well, we can't. I'm thinking to myself, I don't know. I don't have a good reason for why we can't, but I don't know you that well. So I'm going to say no. That's a good reason. Yeah. 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 So the you should have told him right away you were prepared, mother. <laughs> That's a great reason. You could have just left right then. I wasn't mentally prepared. The second time, though, I said the same thing. Oh, I'm just going to kiss when nothing's going to happen. He's like, why can't people be chill about sex? And it like it was like light bulb going on. Boom. Why can't people be chill about sex? Yeah. Why can't I be chill about sex? Oh. I'm, I'm going to be chill about sex and just have sex with this guy. And of course it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Because I think. Cam, and, you loving it? No, but I, I don't you know, know who this guy is. Listen. Hopefully he's a re- good guy. Researching like a lot of the, like the literature from women that, you know, widows from the 9-11, things like that you do get like want this craving after like, it was like six months or so of wanting to be touched and have affection mm-hmm. and intimacy and, you know, just to like, feel alive again. And that's the only way to do it. And I feel when my husband goes out of town, I'm like, I want to feel alive again. It's been years. <laughs> He's like, I left two weeks ago. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I probably got to move on. Find, find another way to be happy. <laughs> But anyway, that was that was my first time, and I could say that it was a wonderful time. So I actually did a podcast about this on Storyworthy. Oh, nice! Honestly, that's surprising to me. I thought it was going to be a little bit more traumatic than that. Nope, I lost my virginity twice, and both of them were excellent. <laughs> Quick question for Cam. Yeah, it wasn't excellent. <laughs> was not going to ask that. <laughs> assumed it wasn't excellent, was it excellent based on the fact that you became a mime i'm like probably went disastrously he literally stopped wanting to speak afterwards can we just wait time out kim is a literal mime he's an actual mime yeah. I'm if not you look him up him. on instagram we'll put the handle on here yeah. check out his mime work it's good yeah you but can you, try did you know i'm I, sorry i was a mime check was, out his mime work check out maybe my the most mime pretentious work. thing we've ever said on this podcast check out his mime work i was on hbo silicon valley Oh yeah, as a mime. I was so proud. As I was going to say, was it featuring your mime work? <laughs> wait, uh, it wait, was. And, don't uh, don't laugh. They called me in and they asked me to mime giving a blowjob. That's oh it. my god, Cam. So you'll see me there giving yeah. a blowjob. It's on the refrigerator. It. Yeah. And lots of refrigerators. And the one of the was it last season or the season before? It's Co- the only mime on the show. I was so proud. <laughs> Just Google Silicon Valley mime. mime. It'll only be the one yes. moment. Yeah. yeah. Quick he, question though for you: Do you remember? how losing your dad affected you romantically or like with attachments to other people? Yeah. So there was the immediate aftermath, which was actually surprising because I thought I had a a weird response, which is that when I experienced such tragedy, I lost a lot of the anxiety that I had for day-to-day life. So I didn't really give a fuck about Mm -hmm. my social studies homework because small stakes now small stakes who gives a fuck mm-hmm. and and as i felt very free afterwards and i really coasted through senior year feeling like on top of the world which is a very bizarre wow. response to having just gone through such a tragedy and we were extremely close my father and i did so, it hit you later in a weird way or uh well i mean the imme- immediately after it was very painful and then 
Yeah, over the years. You went to prom, though. Yeah, four days later, I went to prom. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> I love that she's like, you weren't that traumatized. <laughs> yeah. You as fucking a, danced to Santana. No, as I, a, as a junior, prom. you know, an older girl took him to prom. Okay, mother. Anyway, <laughs> so four days after he died, I was like so numb to everything that, and I had plans to go to prom. I was like, yeah, I'm going to prom. Why the fuck wouldn't I go to prom? I feel real shitty right now. And so this is probably going to be something to take my mind off things. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. we went and people were like, why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> my, group, my group was pretty pumped that I was there, but it was just a, it was a strange reaction. But there's no normal reaction to this there's type no of thing. There's no right way to grieve. There's no right yeah. thing to do. It's all bizarre. So bizarre. I grew up a half a mile from my grandma and she passed away a couple years ago. And But it was like, you know, probably more intense than losing a grandparent for like an average person just because Mm -hmm. she was such a part of growing up for me. And there were a couple things that happened after she passed. First of all, people in my family that were not superstitious. I mean, I come from a Catholic family, so like there's a baseline of superstition there. But people that I didn't think my dad started acting very superstitiously, like about messages that he thought my grandma sent. I call that spiritual messages. Yeah. Did you guys have some of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. There were crazy shit going on. Yeah. It was crazy. Like, my husband was afraid of birds. Like, deathly afraid. Like, because he saw the movie The Birds, and it just got worse and worse, and he was couldn't even go anywhere because he was so scared of them walking outside. They're lined up on, the like, the telephone poles with little black birds, and he would be like, ah! Anyway, (laughs) when he died, literally... Courtney and I are obsessed with birds. This has never happened, though. I'm Has this ever happened to any of you guys? I'm driving in a car to the airport, taking one of our family members to the airport, and a bird smacks and hits our window in the car. Oh. Like, that was, like, immediately. And then birds were, like, coming, falling on our head when we were walking through, like, a shopping mall. A baby bird fell out of a nest onto my head. I mean, it was, like, the craziest bird wow. things that were going on. And it had to be him. And the funeral was actually the most freakiest of all. Yeah, the funeral was fucking nuts. So it was... The rainy season in Chicago. No, it was beautiful. Beautiful. It was a perfect day in May in Chicago. It was not the rainy season. Every day is the rainy season in Chicago. Okay, well, anyway. But this day was beautiful. The funeral starts. Not a cloud starts. in the sky. So it, that's what it was like when we got there. And then funeral starts, and it just starts downpouring like crazy. Mm. It was Thunder, so loud that you could not hear the rabbi, because we're Jewish, giving the sermon couldn't, you couldn't hear tell. him yeah no you, one no you one couldn't knew. hear him you couldn't hear him speak yeah it was, it was so nuts. loud everybody there it was like it was packed out the door when a young person dies especially tragic like that packed there was no place to even stand and no one said a peep because it was so deafening there was so much like anger going on in the room from him even the rabbi said like this is him i mean it was like we anybody that's been at that funeral remembers that it finally let up a little bit, and then when we walked out, it was clear blue skies again. No, no, no. When the kids got up to give yeah, when their you eulogies, guys, yes, when you did it, it just completely went silent. The, it, the sun came out, and then oh. we got off the stage, and it starts downpouring again. It was fucking wild. And then we walked outside, and it was completely blue sky again. Yeah, it was it, very weird. If you don't believe in it, <laughs> in some sort of spiritual existence, this this would make anybody. Yeah, a so believer. my dad found the little flower and thought it was my grandma and, you know, and everyone's grieving around you. So whether it's quote unquote real or not, you're like, yes, that is like a grandma thing. Oh, yeah. It's a sign. It's a sign. And then so my grandma 
I have this very distinct memory of her with this shell and I wound up getting this shell. And when I listen to it, that's like a way for me to hear her in a way. That's awesome. I feel like we try to hold on to that communication a little bit. And is there some way that when you're like, oh, fuck, I really want to talk to my dad or I want to talk to my husband that you use as like a medium in a way? I still talk to him like every night. Like I say goodnight to him in a very kind of ritualistic way. And I'll just sometimes straight up have a little convo with him. I had no idea about you conversing at all. Yeah. And I, of course, have nothing. (laughs) You you don't talk to him anymore? No. Really? I had dreams about him many times, um, but they, unfortunately, because it's been so long, they're diminishing. Um, very much so. What do you do when you're like, oh man, I wish I could tell Gary this or whatever? There's so many times like that, like especially funny things that we, inside jokes that we had and something will happen that triggers it and I want to tell him so badly and I can't. And you just, there's no release for that. You just have to kind of live in that moment and be like, damn, I miss him. Yeah. Yeah. You'll share with me sometimes when, like, could you imagine what your dad would say about this? I did that yesterday or two days ago. Yeah. We walked out of some podcast thing and And something struck me that would have been very funny for him. And I'm like, oh, your dad dad would have loved this shit. Roasted this guy that was performing. But, (laughs) oh, yeah. He would have roasted him. (laughs) (laughs) My grandma was a big lover of red roses and, that sounds cheesy now because everybody likes red roses, but I don't think it was like that back in the day when uh, when she was young. And so she worked as a doctor and in Russia, everything is bribes, you know, mm-hmm. and the way you like assure getting good service or getting people to do a good job is you would bring them like a box of candy or a bottle of alcohol. My grandma would never take any of that stuff because she was super scrupulous. But the one thing she never could say no to was red roses. Oh, wow. wow. And so by her grave, we have our red rose bush. And whenever I'm just walking around, if I see roses, especially red roses, I always smell them. And I, when I smell them in my head, I'll say, hi, Grandma. Oh, oh. my God. And I don't know, you know. You see, that's why I believe in that kind of stuff, because the birds wouldn't may, maybe mean anything to you. Where like I'll see a bird and I'll be like, that's him. And that's my father. If they're two together, I mean, like you can identify. It's an ongoing joke in the family because mom sees everyone everywhere. (laughs) I saw when when my father was sick, I saw a license plate saying Papa to cure. And I was like, this is a message. And he's going to be okay. A faulty message. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking liar. He's going to be... Sort of okay for a little <laughs> bit, but then he's going to end up dying anyway. But that was just a much longer license plate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just no I'll way to fit cure, all that. It's not going to work <laughs> and he's going to die. Yeah, yeah. That would have, they abbreviated it. What can you do? Yeah. You know what, privates? I love when I discover companies that make life just a little bit easier. And one that I learned about recently is called Simple Health. And I gotta tell you, it's a total game changer for women's health. If you're on birth control, looking to get back on, or wanna try it for the first time, then you know how difficult, annoying, and honestly confusing that process can be. From figuring out which method you wanna use, to dealing with refills at the pharmacy, or (laughs) frankly remembering to renew your prescription, it's anything but simple. Enter Simple Health. 
They're changing all that with online birth control prescriptions and free home delivery, making birth control accessible, convenient, and affordable for all women. Simple Health is designed by doctors, and every patient is carefully reviewed by a doctor, so they're bringing the doctor's office to you. Meaning, you can skip the hassle of appointments and pharmacy lines, but still get quality care. Best of all, Simple Health is free with most insurance plans, so you can pay absolutely nothing to use this service every month. For those without insurance, it's still super affordable. Pills start at just $15 a month, and monthly shipping is free for everyone. The annual prescription is just $20, but our listeners can try Simple Health for free. Just go to simplehealth.com slash private and enter the code private at checkout. Seriously, guys, it's free. You got to do it. Go to simplehealth.com slash private. Try a better way to get birth control with Simple Health by going to simplehealth.com slash private or just enter code private at checkout. Give it a try and thank me later. So, Karen, when you are finally ready to be in more than just a sexual relationship with someone how long did that take and what was that like okay so i was having a i was having a damn good time because wait <laughs> can i just say karen has a very hot boyfriend yeah I she do. does i she do does. have a hot boyfriend that i've had for 11 years already 11 and a half whoa years. really yeah oh yeah we've been together 11 did years did you guys meet in chicago no actually we met in new york i was in new york my daughter was going to school out east, and I, I was with another widow friend of mine, actually. That was another tip I was going to say for the other women that are divorced or widowed going out there. Find yourself some single friends to go out with. It's a real important thing to do. Totally. Get the crew. Get, you need a crew, because otherwise you're lonely. Anyway, so I went out with my um, other widow friend, and the two of us are like, complete. we look completely opposite. Like, she's tall and really dark she's italian and i'm short and blonde and jewish and <laughs> so we have make a real ad call sort of like you guys <laughs> <laughs> anyway we went out to um we, it, it was a whole to do we met we were on an airplane we met some guy he said why don't you come to this party we went to this party it happened to be a private party for the company that my boyfriend was working for at the time and I met my boyfriend there, and I had no intentions of stopping my shenanigans that I was having with all these other guys, and neither did he. He wasn't looking for any kind of long-term relationship, but we started talking. I was in Chicago. He was in uh, New York, and we started talking a lot, and we made a date to come see each other, and it just ended up blossoming into like a serious relationship that neither of us had anticipated. It was just a fluke. Awesome. I guess. Yeah. It's a great fluke. Still did thwart my wild side. Probably protected <laughs> me. Probably probably kept me alive. <laughs> How many years did you get in of that good single? I career? got a good year or so in there, I think. Oh, mm. that's it. That's it. But I made up for a lot of She's time. like, no, I don't I didn't need more. Yeah, that was enough. I think that's it was a, it was a scary time <laughs> for me. Looking back, there could there were a few close calls that you know, maybe oh maybe I should not have done, but you know, I, I, I came out without many scars. Cam, uh, tell us about your. Uh, I know yeah, it's like, not good. Not still. Not I want to know about your sex life. <laughs> Let's, yeah, tell us about your sexual oh, exploits. You, oh, I had another thought that I didn't share earlier. That and then I Please. can get into that. So, I, the other thing that I noticed, the, like the long term effect of my dad's death on my relationships, was that I kept finding myself attracted to people who had gone through similar uh, tragedies. I hear that a lot. 
And I, it would be before I even knew that they had experienced a tragedy. And I did as well, which is so weird because I, the guys that I was with all had lost a parent. So it's weird. When I was like harboring a lot of shame about my abortion, I found myself also attracted to male partners that had recently gone through a similar thing too. Isn't that weird? It is so weird. It's almost psychic connection. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something really nice about that usually because I'm like, oh, you get it. You you know what this abyss looks like, mm. you know? And then I think I grew out of that a little bit. Now it's kind of just random and, you know, who so knows what So what's the I'm randomness? Yeah, what happens down with now? No, what's going I, on? Honestly, it's very, it's very rarely do I find some of that connect. I'm in a weird spot. I'm in a weird spot. What are you looking do for? Do they have to be a mime? They have to be a mime. That's the big problem. There's not enough female mimes out there. We need a bigger mime community. That's what want I'm saying. Silent sex. Is that <laughs> yeah. so much to yes. ask? You should, you should exactly wait. You right. guys should hear about when he went to a BDSM party. I, I, this, mom. Uh, Please tell us. So, that's private family information. <laughs> okay? It's my BDSM it was, parties. It was just probably, it was like podcast 265 oh, or something. Basically, so we had interviewed these these sex educators on our show, Sunny Megatron mm. and oh, yeah, Ken yeah, yeah. Melvoinberg. They were telling us that they had met at a party. She was dressed as a mime, and he was dressed as a clown. Oh, my Cam, God. Cam had like a huge boner. It was, <laughs> yeah. Cam's so, like, oh, I will go to any party if I can meet another fucking mime. <laughs> I don't care if it's BDSM. And, and a clown. So, it's like heaven. So basically, I was invited to this BDSM party and I had no clue what to wear. But I had this memory of them telling me they'd met at a BDSM party and that one was dressed as a mime, one as a clown. And oh, I was like, no. well, I got a mime costume. Oh, no. Bada bing, bada boom. Are you into BDSM? No. Okay. <laughs> Does he look like he'd be into BDSM? <laughs> People surprise you, but I think that's... And that's no. great that you were like, I'm going anyway. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to see what's up. You, you don't know until you I go. Think you could be into M. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Sadly into M. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's that's the side. Yeah, maybe. No. No. Either well not on the S end, that's for sure. Yeah. No. That's what I'm saying. He's not. He's he's on I the like, M end. Uh, yeah, I like a very tame version of this in a, in, a, in a, like a not a public setting. Mm. So you know, a little you know, I don't know, handcuffs type of thing situation. You know, just a playful thing. Light kind of choking. Light choking. Everyone does it. At this point, this is vanilla, you know? But this was a party where they were not vanilla and they recognized I was a mime, obviously. My mime makeup was very good at that point, so. Uh, yeah, there's no way to be maybe a mime. <laughs> No fucking way, no, Cam. Yeah. You're either You're straight like, up a mime French. or not. Yeah. He's French, guys. <laughs> so they really... They, Wait, you know. what was everybody else dressed as? Oh. Fucking normal people ass that people wanted in to BDSM apparel? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It was, it was not... I mean, it, it was BDSM apparel. So, that you know, there are people yeah, with like whole like, masks over their head. You yeah, but like for sure there. no one's a mime. No, I was the only one. People have... <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah, shockingly, uh, he I was, was the only wearing one. wearing like ball gags and have zippers on their fucking mouths. And you're like, oh, um, let me mime having my mouth closed. But I committed, <laughs> you know. I committed to that character and I did not speak to anyone that night. Did you meet the love of was your life? Was it also out of wait, pure fear? I was like, <laughs> what was the worst part though? The worst part. A mime has no safe words is what it turns <laughs> out. Oh my God. So I really, I, I, 
The, the, the safe you, word of... What are you going to do? Hand death signals? Is your safe word this, but no one knows. They're like, oh, he's just minding He wants to be himself. cut? Yeah. What yeah. is he doing? Yeah, I cut, like, this time I was doing the jazz triangle. hands at one point. <laughs> it was... But, yeah, I mean... <laughs> it hurt. It was a new experience. It it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> oh, my God. You did not meet a lady mime to, no, to, I did. to start a, a, a mime legacy with. No, no. there were no mime, other mimes there. But there were other, you know, it, it turns out it's actually a, a good way to meet people. It, it, because they want to interact with you. There's no, like, excuse for saying anything stupid. You're not saying anything stupid because you're, you're not, not saying, saying anything. anything. Yeah. So I, I was kind of the entertainment for a little bit. And I met some women. And you really have to be nothing. good at miming to pull focus from people getting flayed and shit at the BDSM <laughs> party. <laughs> yeah, they're like, like, hold on a second, I want to see this guy get out of a box. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! He wants to see fisting. I just want to see this guy pull a rope. <laughs> I can't believe we talked about this. Yeah. I, I can't I believe it either. That would be a whole hour if that was this, my material. Yeah, this is my daily life. It didn't even dawn on me this might be unusual. Cam's like, fun probably to talk should about. talk about my cougar mom, but yeah. just forget, really? about, yeah. forget about the fact Mine that is, I, my life is boring. <laughs> <laughs> so I think right now I'm struggling with finding someone who I connect with. Some sort of a, a conversation, though. Cam. He's not a full-time mime. No, I'm clearly. A, He's a mime I'm, slash podcaster, which is yes. the best of both worlds. Thank can you. I just it's say, such a weird. Oh my god. We it's, just. Sorry. Cam is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Cam, you're great. Thank Any you. clown would be lucky to view him to meet you Thank in you. the sheets. Thank okay. You. So what are you looking for now? Someone who Someone, plays the didgeridoo. Honestly, that's, that's what he wants. This is. I'm just struggling to find someone I connect with on multiple levels. What I, do you like? I don't know. I, at this point, I don't know. Literally, this is what I've been dealing with. Someone who plays a didgeridoo. Okay, so I w- So here, I, I don't know if this is where you want the podcast to Do you even know go, what a didgeridoo is? Of course, he has three of them. Did you have three yes, didgeridoos? We, we bought one used, and, they, and it was some little girl had stuck a gumdrop in the middle of it, and we had to blow it out. How many didgeridoos do you need? Has, no, I started three. giving them away as gifts, and then I Seems realized. Seems like one is a lot. I got one. I have more one. than one. And you got I, one in I Chicago too. I think I need to get too. another one. Oh yeah, I have two. Okay, so here's seriously, what are you seriously okay, so looking here's, for? I'm looking seriously. for a woman who I connect with and find very funny and smart. That we, you know, is kind. Who I'm also sexually attracted to. So I've been. I was talking to my friend about manifesting the other day. Yeah, Courtney really you, believes you're in this. a manifester, yeah, huh? We're all on board. Yeah, I'll speak all for all of us. <laughs> anyway, so I I was talking about manifesting with my my friend the other day, and he's he's very on board. And I was like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna manifest some shit." So obviously, I'm gonna manifest a girl in my life. And so I I was manifesting someone I connect with, someone I I really mm-hmm. relate to. I'm about to go to this party. Let me meet them there. I'm focusing. And I get to the party. <laughs> there's no way. I'm not connecting with. Is this a regular party or a BDSM party? It's a Burning Man party. Okay. Th- Another so weird party. I, I don't know this where This is where I got the decriminalized parties. psilocybin sticker. But it's uh, surprisingly, <laughs> I didn't meet anyone there. However, towards the end of the party, I heard someone mention didgeridoos. 
Oh my fucking it's god! It's a sign. It's a it's sign. sign. <laughs> and I look over, and this guy's talking to my friend, and he's talking about how he's a he's a didgeridoo, and then it turns out he's a clown. He works at a circus so camp. He manifested a man. <laughs> yes. So I manifest a fucking. So I start talking to this guy, and this guy turns out to be a gay man, <laughs> and he's hitting on me. And I get home that night, yeah. and I'm like, Am I, I gay? I tried to manifest this shit. What? <laughs> Am I gay? Is this oh the man? I w- is it the, is the whole time I've been wrong? And the problem is, I just I'm interested in men, and so I this I, honestly it put me in a whole mind fuck because yeah. I've never been attracted to men before. Did you kiss him? No, I didn't kiss him. <laughs> well, that's how you would know. No, well, no, I didn't. No. At that point, I had left, and the only thing I had I could even think to do was fire up some gay porn and see if I was interesting that's how you know yeah and i recognize this is a very dumb move because people are turned on by all sorts of things you're right that that doesn't necessarily track because it i'm pretty track. straight and some lesbian porn i'm like okay I, ladies you get it yeah. or you, gay guys going at it i'm like also yeah i agree with you yeah. sometimes that's even like more like yeah like but women from from yeah. from tests women get aroused by uh, a greater spectrum of sexual activity, including uh, gay men and gay women, than than men do. Here, here's where I landed. I think that if you know, if I I know this sounds crazy. I you know I think it's a very spectrum thing, and I probably am somewhere like in the middle of the spectrum or something. I'm not very often attracted to men at all. Mm-hmm. But if I were raised in a society that was like more chill with it chill with it that was like everyone's just fucking everyone also if i could have a child i think it's a born for me to have a child at this point it's ingrained in me i like you know yeah it's hard you know it's hard to unpack that when you've grown up like so straight now i look at it and i'm like it would totally be possible for me to fall in love with a woman under the right circumstances, but I have not lived under those circumstances. Yeah. And like my parents were straight in a great ideal of a loving relationship. And then I got these cues that led me to this. And there might be a woman out there that could turn it around for me. Yeah. But like, I mean, I think it's everyone's on a spectrum. And I think that um, some of it is availability based yeah not based but in addition to social norms like you know growing up in the soviet union like no one was gay and if i that's not true yeah no 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 i mean no No one one was was gay that i knew about like it wasn't an available mindset to have right and it was something that was either ridiculed or just outright was not okay Mm -hmm. so when i moved here that was when i first started exploring being like bi Mm -hmm. but i think if maybe i had gotten a chance to really explore it earlier on yeah. and didn't have that exact like, oh, most relationships are heterosexual mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That my attraction to women would have had more of a chance to actually be practiced mm-hmm. upon exactly. than yeah. I got a chance yeah. to have. And also we're so negative. I just have to say as a culture, we're so negative about any bisexuality oh, yeah. or homosexuality in men in a way that I think is so unfair. Totally. I, I was like, it's dude, very if toxic. you're going to start hooking up with this guy, you better fucking want to do this. Like, Cause no, you can't just, it's not like a fun girl thing where you, I mean, it should be, and you could make it that, but I just mean societally, we don't treat it as the same thing. You can make out with a girl if you're a girl and people are more, more like forgiving quote unquote, or be like, like, it can be whatever versus if you are a guy and make, 
make out with a guy, then it's like, well, you're gay forever. You're gay. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. gay now. Yeah. I know. And plus, I mean, yeah. I remember when I was, the first time I went down on a girl, I was like, wait, oh. you went down on a girl? Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that that's the not. thing. Karen's like, I don't know if I can my, keep doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's son actually went down on something. I'm like shocked right now. Thank you, mother. I, but it was like a learning experience. And I was like, oh, wow, this is not, this does not come naturally to me. It's not like, I remember, you know, I was pretty young at this time. And then over time, I was like, oh, wow, I actually enjoy this. It's not, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not that gross. It's not gross. <laughs> it's not that gross. But now I it still. It goes on a little too long sometimes, but what are you going to do? I, but now, like, it would be a big learning curve for me to have to learn how to suck dick and. <laughs> Oh, that's a good way. Of Probably it. a lot less of a learning curve than you think, because you already know what feels. You good already to you. know. If, yeah, yeah. The, I, the mental block, though. I think yeah. to get past that is the learning. You know, not to do it well. I probably. I feel like this crush, the shame is There's the so biggest shame. part of it. It's important to us, I think, on our podcast, and I know you guys talk about the whole spectrum of things, but like destigmatizing that is a big deal because yeah. I think it's part of toxic masculinity 100%. and like. There's no way we can get past that if we're not like men can be like whatever. I totally agree. And I, I'm only sharing this because this was an honest experience that I had. Like I in no way want to propagate this stigma because I think it's shitty. I, I would yeah. like it if if I'm feeling a connection to a guy to have, at this point to be it's integrated. So like if I'm feeling a connection with a woman right now, I tend to actually get erections, which is yeah. pretty wild. If I'm feeling <laughs> what is pretty what, wild? what's wild about that? Like she can say something very kind and sweet to me, and I'll actually grow aroused. Yeah, it, he, I, he's not saying like he's attracted by her boobs. Like, right. if she's a nice person, he'll still get yes. sprung. Uh, yes, yes, yeah, yes. sometimes my husband will say some shit like that to me, and I'm like, I have no, I don't understand that at all. I actually think it's kind of rare for guys to experience. Most he'll guys sometimes have get it a separated. boner when I'm being kind to him, and I'm like, you're so gross. <laughs> I don't <even> understand it. <laughs> Does he just tell he's like I got a chub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes we'll have like a really intimate talk. He's like, Yeah, I got hard. I'm like, ew. Yes. It, that's exactly understand. the vibe though. Like I feel such connection that I'm actually growing aroused. And that does not happen at all with, with men because it just I have not. I'm like made someone right just got hit in a movie, I'm wet. Yeah. That's <laughs> like what I'm like, you know. She's still it's not healthy. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking about that too. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. Anyway, so what do you do you think that's so, a block? I think there is a block, but I think it's a it's a block that would require a ton of you know untangling, yeah. and I don't know if I need to necessarily. I'm kind of satisfied with mm-hmm. you know going after women and hoping to find one that I really connect with. The classes I used to take in college were talking about like in some societies, you know, like in the Greek society, it was just more common to be with two men together than even heterosexual relationships. So. I mean, it's pretty it's just wild that, when you think about it. If that's what your norm is, then that's your norm. We also know someone who grew up in the Middle East, and because you're separated by gender for so long, the men have these relationships where they experiment sexually with each other, but it's not considered to be gay. Really? But in the only fact, thing they're cons- so negative about oh, if wow. any if homosexuality. Man, if a man loves another man romantically and wants to hold hands and like be with him, that's considered disgusting. But like two men experimenting sexually and having sex is not. So oh, let me ask you something. What, what stands out between like a really close loving friendship and a romantic connection? To I don't know. I've like had, what the difference is. I've yeah. had a friendship zero sex, zero anything romantic. But aside from those physical things, when I broke up with this friend, it felt like a romantic breakup. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because like everything else, the sharing, the intimacy was so great that I was like, I mean, everything except the sex was like super gay about this. So you know? Yeah. So what's the difference? Just the sex, right? I mean, I'm a hard person to ask because I am legitimately near enough falling for a man and a woman. So for me, there isn't really that yeah. difference exactly. Like my best friend from a long time ago, really, really close. We were best friends for years. And then at one point she was like, oh, oh I have feelings for you. And then it kind of like warped my mind because I went back all of the years that we were friends and I'm like, oh my God, all these things that, that we shared, like was that actually just like a preamble to a romantic relationship? Yeah. And then like once I went back and looked at it with that lens, I'm like, maybe I've just been lo in love with her this whole time too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, and then once I legitimately considered that as a possibility, it did like break my mind a little bit. Mm. Cause I was like, oh yeah, I, I definitely have such deep feelings for her that this could a hundred percent cross over into romance. And for a little bit, we did consider it because it didn't seem strange to cross over at all. Once you've shared everything and you like, you know, we slept in each other's bed and, you know, uh, helped each other out of relationships and into relationships and moved to two different states together. Mm -hmm. And when that kind of stuff happens, like it's a lot of bonding experiences. And I'm like, yeah, I could see myself building a life with that person. Were you sexually attracted to her? I mean, only after she had told me that like she had feelings for me. Only then was I able to be like, well, let me take the friend lens away mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. look at it as more like, could I fuck this woman? Could I be with this woman? And we didn't get to do anything really. I But I kissed her. And when we made out, like I had electricity and it was like, oh, I wow. could see this evolving. It mm -hmm. wasn't like I made out with her and I was like, oh, Oh, we're just that friends. Disproved it, yeah. You know, because I've had that with guys too, where you, yeah. you know, you cross the line, and then the first kiss, you're like, nope, that's <laughs> not it. <laughs> How so, about when yeah. you were growing up, though? Did you ever experiment with the girls? Um, I only did. after I moved here, honestly. No, I'm talking about like when you were really little, like when you were. When like, I was really little, like, I played doctor with boys and girls. Yeah, then I, I mean, did like, not discriminate. It's not about gender, really. It's just <laughs> she took about care of all the patients. It's yeah. just about your health and wellness. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I, no I just really want I loved pleasure always as a mm -hmm. little kid too I just I started masturbating early and like if you like pleasure and you're bi to begin with then I don't think you're separating who gives you pleasure you're like whoever fucking wants to get in here I'm down <laughs> I think it's really like normal in general because mm -hmm. I remember doing it when I was like a, you know like 9 10 11 with girls in the neighborhood or whatever and we're, we're just you know playing whatever like, pretend like, like we didn't like when they were getting a massage and they happen to touch your boobs you know mm -hmm. using a toothbrush to make out you know whatever that sounds <laughs> sexy invite me to your lady party <laughs> yeah, i was like 11 or 12 maybe 13 so how about you you're laughing courtney that's so cute i also want to say i'm very much in you know this this experience just happened to me and this is kind of how i process it so far but i might you know he might go I might completely, say completely gay wrong at, you know, in the coming months or whatever. Can I just say, a guy who's as a your friend, do, by the way, I hope the societal stuff doesn't override. And I know that's really hard to unpack, mm -hmm. but I hope it doesn't override in such a way that you can't be authentic to yourself. Yeah. Thank you. Honestly, I think it's actually anxiety that's fueling my exploration because it's like, this guy is not a good match for me whatsoever 
He, this guy's a fucking wild card. And just because he plays a didgeridoo does not mean that I want to have anything <laughs> to do with him. But it's such a, a clear it, signal. But it just, it caused it's, me... It's almost like kind of showing you that maybe the standards by which you're looking to find a partner mm. are like stupid. <laughs> if they, like, she doesn't fucking need to like the didgeridoo or whatever the fuck. Like, or, are you being crazy? Or maybe it's no. this amazing way to lead him to be like, oh, what if there's this other thing that you never tried that actually is good for you? Yeah, but I don't think the didgeridoo is the thing I'm not saying, I'm just saying, it. you never know where you could put that didgeridoo. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Do, for those listeners who don't know what I'm talking about, Cam, can you tell us what a didgeridoo is? It's so, an Aboriginal Australian instrument usually made out of eucalyptus bark and how it hollowed how, out by it's very long very long very phallic but it's hollowed out by <laughs> by termites yes you're welcome that's my proud mother right there she knows we i went to australia and we bought a didgeridoo that that's how he fell in love with the didgeridoo so anyway about me potentially exploring my gay side yeah. You're saying don't, don't your, allow... I mean, it's like you've already established like you're into women. So like... The bi side. The right. bi side. I, I guess it, I hate the label. The, yeah, I, I know. Guess it would, I just, I'd that's fall what, into like that's a more I, queer category. I, if I feel did. like the that's what our society does is go men with any instinct to go towards another man that's gay when actually that's not even what yeah, that yeah. is. I, you know? Yeah. We have, I really we, you like women already, you cannot be gay. You're, right, right, right. No would, matter how many dicks you put in your mouth. But yes, exploring that side. Yeah. I really don't, I don't have a strong desire. I really think it It was mainly just the anxiety of thinking, wow, what if this wasn't, because this guy was the yeah. only one hitting on me. And so he, I'm like, okay, you also have a lot of anxiety in general. Right. So it's the anxiety, like, what if you didn't know yourself well enough to take this opportunity? I totally you know? feel that. And honestly, I watched the L word <laughs> start to finish. I'm watching it right now. And I was single a couple years ago before I met my current boyfriend. And I went through a phase where I was like, maybe there is this whole unexplored side and like messaged with this girl. And then ultimately was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> but I think it's important to let yourself explore whatever yeah. possibility is there for yeah. you. I we, also recognize it's probably not just jumping right to, you know, imagining anal sex with this man. Yeah. It, that's the right call. It, doesn't it mean might just you, be, hey, maybe try kissing the guy and see yeah. how Seriously, feels. it doesn't need to go to butt stuff right away. <laughs> right. I know, I know <laughs> gay that guys that don't like even down do that. The line, you know, like, no, you don't have to. We know married couples that do not have anal sex. Married gay couples? Yes. Really? Yes. What do they do? Just blow each other? I guess. And I mean I mean duh. Yeah. Cuddle? No. It's not it's that different situation. for me and my boyfriend. <laughs> we also interviewed for our podcast a guy who was in a, 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 a queer guy. He considered himself bi. He loved to and he was, he was in a relationship that allowed this. He loved to de-virginize heterosexual men. Weird. That's a fit. Fine a little, little fetish, huh? Yeah. I mean, he did a, quite a few of them. Well, you got a number, Cam. You, yeah, Cam. you think I should reach out to I this guy? I think you mother? might want to reach out to that yeah, guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, know for, for, for research for the podcast. Yeah. Well, I'll keep you guys abreast as to what We want to know. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. What's our final... Is there anything else we want to know? Oh, I have a, a thought. Please. I So, I think it seems like we're just we're having these sex conversations because they're 
funny or whatever. You guys? Yes. Yeah. Um, they are funny. I <laughs> thank you. I think it it for me it's way more important to have a conversation that is typically uncomfortable, um, and to grow comfortable with that and, and maybe uh, share that with other people, encourage them to reveal themselves to allow others to accept them and for them to accept themselves. It's a little... It's a very good point. I don't know if I was as articulate as I wanted to be there, but... No, that's articulate. Yes. Okay. Yeah, this, but basically... Had a sip of wine. It, it doesn't really matter about this. The sex is obviously not that important to me. It is more the idea of can you step into your authentic self and be okay with showing, getting into these uncomfortable parts of yourself. Like, it's not fun. It's not a very comfortable thing to talk to in front of my mother about the potential that I was that I was thinking about hooking up with this guy, you know? But yeah, it's important because now I can kind of accept that part of myself. I think that's the it's beauty beautiful. of what you guys do. Thank you. Right. It Honestly, is. I love... I love your dynamic and the way Thank that you. you... You guys are open with each other and it's awesome. So if people want to listen to your podcast, which they should, it's a delightful romp, Thank much you. like this has been, <laughs> where can they find you? Just search Sex Talk With My Mom wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at Sex Talk With My Mom. And you guys are twice a week. We're twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays. And can I say we are also on YouTube and Twitter. And Karen, yeah. if you want some premium MILF content. Oh, oh God. Yes. If you want to know about being a cougar. Where do they go on YouTube to find you, Karen? Just Karen Lee Love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Do it, oh, baby. And we did an episode of your podcast, Sex Talk with My Mom. An incredible it episode. One of our favorite episodes. I think it's one. called Fuck Like a Feral Cat. Yep. That gives yep. you any indication yeah. of <laughs> the quality. Where that conversation yeah. went. It was a real, <laughs> it was real fun one. It was a real no, wild we, one. It was very well received. We got a lot of great feedback. So oh, good. Well, we're so glad we got to talk to you. Thank you. Are you guys not in love with those two or what? Seriously, what a dynamic duo. Yeah. My favorite mother and son, even more favorite than my own mom and brothers. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay, that's fucked up. So you guys, coming up next, we are taking you to Indiana. So get on your Hoosier gear. I hope you get hype because Bloomington is actually a treasure of a city. And I love it so much that I recorded my comedy album there and Courtney came and you guys are going to not hear my album, but some rad interviews. We'll let you know when the album's available. Don't worry. It was an amazing show. I got to be there for it. And yeah, while I was in town, we interviewed someone from the Kinsey Institute. We interviewed one of the owners of this super cool gay bar with drag shows. And it was incredible. Both interviews are super interesting. So that's coming at you next. Make sure you check back. And you should also go on Instagram when we drop the Bloomington app. We're at Private Parts Unknown on Instagram because we have amazing photos of what the queer bar owner has at her house. Oh my God, you guys. collection of... Tchotchkes for days. But her collection of dirty ass tchotchkes they're insane you guys are gonna want to see it there's like santa fucking a guy you don't even know and her friends have learned that she likes these nasty tchotchkes so they keep getting her more they keep getting her more she had more stuff in the kitchen that needed to go out yeah it was (laughs) it was insane 
Hey, Sophia, what's that bomb-ass music? Oh, this music? It's by our friend Amy Roche. She's a delight, and her music is great. You should check it out on Spotify. Amy, R-A-A-S-C-H. This episode is mixed by Mike Castaneda from Plastic Audio. We We love you, Mike. Mike. Sorry. No, we're good. (laughs) We're going gold or something. Platinum. Platinum in 2020. (laughs) Hello, Hollywood. Yes, I will release a five-album deal. (laughs) And now it's time for... The review of the week. Go, Courtney. Go, Courtney. Go, Courtney. Courtney. Go, 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 Courtney. Okay, you guys. This review is by Happy App Users. I don't know if they know how to use the app. That's really cute, though. (laughs) I know. It's really cute. Okay, title, Men Abortions. Excellent show. Thank you to Matt M. for sharing his truth. Hosted by two amazingly talented ladies who discuss real issues like Missouri and Alabama abortion bans. Thank you. Thank you, Happy App user. You're awesome. And if you want a button, you send us your address and we will send you a button. And, you know, we got you this episode for Christmas. No big deal. Uh, You're welcome. But if you guys want to get us something. Maybe leave us a review. uh, Smash that five stars. Just get in there and show us some love. I would feel so blessed if we got a, a bunch of reviews for Christmas. Yeah, I might not even think about myself while I masturbated if that happened. I would think about you guys. That's what I'm saying. I might think about them. You guys. One, gr- once in a lifetime offer. Great offer here to give us a Christmas gift. Come get so. in my spank bank. Get in here. <laughs> See you guys next week. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.